and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, well, they bloody did it. The Socceroos are going to the World Cup and we're ready to talk about it. Plus, an investigation into the concept of wags and whether the term is disrespectful. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Mali Silva. And as always, or what is more common these days because of time zones and the rest of it, I'm only joined by Keely Silva next to me. Georgia Moore will be popping in later on in the show when it works for her time over in London town. But for now, Keely Silva, how are you? How was your week? Yep, uh, my week was jam-packed as always. Um, the morning that this gets released, I will be on a plane or heading on a plane to go to New York City, where I to Europe Town. Um, so my week has been jam-packed with packing, organising and, you know, all that fun travel stuff. But apart from that, good. Had a fun Sunday night on the long weekend. Terrible Tuesday, second day hangover has got me. But wow. 12-hour working day makes that you feel heaps better. So, Oh, yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what you're going to be doing. <laughs> How was your week? My week was very busy, very work Centric. Oh, shock me. Uh, yeah, all over the place, Canberra, Newcastle, some time for fun things in between. Uh, and in the coming weeks, it's only going to get more intense. Women's State of Origin next week, then the Men's State of Origin in Perth, and then Marley Silver walking from Sydney to Newcastle. It's a lot happening. Yeah, so that's to distract me from your Instagram stories <laughs> uh, while you're away. Ew. Yeah. Well, let's get into the first segment. Feedback feels with kills. I only have one feedback this week um, and it is from Mitch's dad. <laughs> if you listened to last week's episode, uh, I was myself and uh, casual co-host, we'll call him, Mitch Parker, um, who ran the show. And as you can tell, we're not Marley Silver, but we tried our best. His dad listened to it and said that he thought it was great. He enjoyed how me and Mitch bounce off each other. I think it's just a reflection of our friendship and yeah, so that was the one feedback I got. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if our parents ever listened to our show? I know. That's yeah, really actually, nice. That's they actually really nice. Yeah, I know. Wow. But yeah, that was it. Now it's time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week gone by. And this story, it broke this morning, Tuesday uh, morning. We record on Tuesdays. You'll be hearing this on Thursday. I was actually woken up by a text message um, from a co-worker of mine saying, we did it. We won by penalties. See, I'm fortunate enough that I start work at the crack of dawn. So fortunate. Yeah, yeah fortunate. in this context yeah, only. Yeah, keyword fortunate. So I panicked and was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't checked the score. Checked it and it was like Australia is going into penalty shootout. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, then I got a message from Mitch Parker and a few other people and then it kind of spread around word pretty quick. I'm, I'm pretty quick to put on the sport on KO straight away onto our TV. We're lucky we, we work in a space where I can just put on the TV. And if it's not um, the NBA playoffs, it's the Socceroos. <laughs> So, I was lucky. So, of course, we are talking about the fact that our Socceroos have made their fifth consecutive World Cup. It was looking pretty dire there, and I wanted to use this opportunity to do a bit of a timeline as to why, I guess, there are a lot of big soccer fans in Australia who are in some ways surprised that we were able to pull it together. And in other, uh, I, I guess, uh, it, it is an even bigger feat than what it has been in years past because of how they've been struggling. So, there was a lot of people calling for Graham Arnold's head, um, who is, of course, the the coach of the Australian side in the months leading up to this. And I'll take you back now to March this year. 
all the Socceroos have fly, flown into Australia for a, a game against Japan, a really important qualifier, and Arnold gets stung breaching COVID protocols and ends up copying a $25,000 fine and he can't actually physically be present for five days leading up to this match and has to coach via Zoom for his um, team. So this is all lots of drama. Anyway, it was going to it was the most important game in the lead up to the World Cup for the Socceroos at that time. And subsequently, I think because of, you know, all that stuff, there was a lot of outside noise, a lot of media um, criticism on Arnold for this. They lose. They lose to Japan 2-0. Everyone's like, oh, my God, we're not going to make the World Cup. This is making our lives so much harder. You know, the campaign for this World Cup started in 2019 and it started really well. We'd won 11 games in a row. But then uh, once the wheels on, on this machine, I guess, started wobbling with this Japan game, we ended up um, having three losses, three draws and one win. Um, so it was really like a lot of people were like, we need to get rid of Graham Arnold. He's the problem, blah, blah, blah. But Football Australia really like stuck to their guns and said that he had until the end of the World Cup to kind of prove himself, which is really unique in the sense that a lot of the time when this pressure happens, you just get booted. So he was given a lot of space and everyone thought that this would be the end of it. Anyway, they managed to get things a little bit uh, more on track. Won a friendly, had to win last week and this week. And this morning they did it by beating Peru. A pretty historic win that was done in a way that felt quite nostalgic to me because it was nil all at the end of the game and it ended up going into a penalty shoot off. As you were saying, Keely, you, that's how you found out. Yes. Uh, the penalty shootout, I mean, it's one way to give you give yourself nerves. Mm. It's um it's just so much pressure and you I mean, if you're sport fans like us, like you feel bad because you're like, Oh my god, this is so much pressure rather than being like, they better get this. Um, but the goalkeeper, what an effort. And what an incredible story. So Andrew Redmayne, who ended up being the hero in this game, first of all, there was a lot of criticism of him even being named in the team. He is the goalie for Sydney FC in the A-League and um, apparently did not have much of a remarkable season this year, but he got he got picked by Graham Arnold and in this penalty shootout in the 103rd minute, Matt Ryan, who is the captain – of the Socceroos and by far the most successful in the squad at the moment, plays in Europe and uh, is probably the most well-known. He's the goalie. They sub him out for Redmayne. And on Twitter, you can go and look at all the tweets at the you know time that this was happening. Everyone is blowing up saying, just when you thought that, you know, Arnold couldn't make a more mista- like more mistakes, he's just thrown us the whole World Cup, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then this guy who is known for dancing around like a wiggle in the goals, that's how he distracts his opponents, has actually pulled it off. Well, I feel like it's obviously a very strategic coaching move and we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. This guy's probably prepared for penalty shootouts and that's what he's trained for. And the other, like the captain is going to be, you know, your main goalkeeper. Yeah, I just feel like it was obviously a really, really smart coaching move. I'm sure that's what they would have intended for. And this guy knows that if it's a penalty shootout, that this is his time to shine. So, I mean, in the moment, I understand the frustration. But when you th- in hindsight, I think it was probably exactly what they wanted to do. And it all just fades away the second that he saves this goal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which now is going to become, you know, part of that really iconic and legendary commentary in, in Australian folklore, I guess. And for me, it immediately um, – the whole context of this and the way that this has happened – was so reminiscent of 2005, yes. which I think is probably one of my clearest and 
you know, really distinct uh, memories of my life where, you know, to do with sport, with the only one being earlier than that being Cathy Freeman winning in 2000, where I just felt that sort of like pride and passion for sport for the first time as a 10 year old. I'm of course talking about when Australia was going to qualify for its first World Cup in however many decades it had been by, they had to beat Uruguay. And we went into penalty shootout. And I just remember when Aloisi kicked that goal and the way that that entire stadium, like it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it, erupted. We celebrated for days, you know, that World Cup, we all got up at two in the morning to watch it. It was in Germany. Like it was the most insane team. Like we, I knew all of them like, and and that's the thing, right? Like, so with the way that we've got there, I think the, the difference between then and now is that that team like yes we were fighting to win every single game to get through that qualifier and it wasn't that we had high expectations it was that oh my gosh this incredible team is actually going to get us there this is like a hero's journey so in this case I've even thought about the fact that I don't know these socceroos yeah I like I this that team from 2005 they resulted in me playing soccer I was like, going to say, I what, registered the year after I was say, what age was I 2004 I was in U two. I was 10, so you were eight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm like, that's definitely probably the reason that yeah. we played soccer. And we were like, oh, my God, Harry Kuehl, Tim Kale, oh Donald Lissy, Lucas Neal. I was in love with him. I was obsessed with Harry Kuehl. And, like, you know, Tim Kale is widely regarded as one I of the I got number athletes. four yeah. on my jersey. And I was number 15, so I was Aloisi. <laughs> like, that's how much that, you know, they just changed, I think, Australia's attitude towards football I'll say it correctly for the purposes of this story and I just I think it's sad that we sort of have lost that a bit in the need to the, find a bit of spark yeah, again in the last couple of like in the last decade or, or so you kind of hope that in the time that we live in now and something that we always talk about that some personalities will come out and then it'll become more of that you know so, social media basis and I mean I don't know look at Sam Kerr she's internationally famous now do you know what is so interesting is that's exactly what I was about to say next as much as I don't know this the Socceroos team I know all the Matildas yeah and that's because they're so successful and they're incredible and Sam Kerr's like the greatest footballer on on the planet yeah so if maybe this would be a good opportunity obviously it's not the bloody focus but it could that this is something that could come out of the world cup yeah we'll know more names commonly yes and for those who are wondering the world cup is in november in qatar and in our pool now confirmed we have france denmark and tunisia so i think france is the scariest name that i see in there however denmark will also be pretty strong yes i mean any european team is going to be pretty frightening um i don't know much about the Tunisian team. Yeah, neither do I. But France scares me. Um, They've broken our hearts before. No. We like being underdogs. Yeah, okay. We've got early confidence, mate. All right, all right. Well, good luck to the Socceroos. And the other thing we wanted to talk about in this week in Around the Grounds is a story that G Moore brought to us from a very English focus, I think. Um, this story came about quite an interesting one. And hey, I'm, it's a very, very interesting topic. And the way it's come about is particularly interesting too. So we are talking about WAGs and this is not the first time we've spoken about WAGs on this show. It's also, you know, full disclaimer, we are the daughters of a WAG. So this is- We're allowed to talk about we're it. We're allowed to talk about it. <laughs> Um, you know, and it's about the term itself, I guess. But the what, reason that this has come up, and we're kind of staying in the world of soccer here, because in an interview this week, England's national football team manager, Gareth Southgate, 
uh, was quoted as saying that he finds the term WAGs disrespectful um, when referring to the partners and families of professional athletes. And this conversation came about because a documentary has been reportedly proposed to follow the England players' wives and girlfriends before the World Cup in Qatar later this year, right? And so, yeah, so South, Southgate said that the idea is not his cup of tea and that um, he would be surprised if it comes to fruition, that he doesn't like the term, it, you know, it's a partners and family and we want them to feel welcome. And interestingly, the history of the phrase wag has come up in this conversation, which is something that I didn't know. It came into common use during the 2006 World Cup when pop stars Victoria Beckham and Cheryl Cole were among the partners who travelled to Germany with the England squad and regularly featured in the British tabloid newspapers. Like we know what the tabloids like are, yeah. are like over there. They're so hectic. And when you realise that it's sort of born from Posh Spice and Cheryl Cole, like – it makes sense that it's because it's actually these women who have celebrity in their own right that have made, I guess, that the focus on, on them. Okay. Keep going. Yes. Um, so I found that really interesting. But in that time, was it used as a disrespectful term or was it just not used as an acronym? I think it was just used as an acronym That's in the tabloids. Like it started with 100%. But those papers love to rip into those women, right? Yeah. And kind of – started using it as a, a wag, as someone who's leaning on their partner's fame, whatever, which when, just is counterintuitive with a Victoria Beckham. Yeah, that was stupid. Like, is that, are you sure that's what the intention was with their titles and stuff? When you look back at those papers and what they were saying about them, absolutely. Yeah, right. It's too to ridicule. First of all, my first question, would you watch this documentary? No. You wouldn't? No. You wouldn't watch The Wives and Girlfriends lead up to the World Cup? I just have, like, I'm not really into that kind of TV. Hook, hook it to my veins. Yeah, I know you love that, but like, I don't watch the Kardashians. I don't watch like Real Housewives. Like, I don't, I've just never gotten into that. Yeah. I enough. love the Kardashians as a concept, but I don't yes. care enough to watch about what they do every day. Fair enough. So, like, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Because it'd be really interesting. I don't have the time to put my energy into that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, we have seen snippets on Instagram from a, a friend of a friend. Costine Hatsy, who goes out with Nick Kyrgios. Yes. She is a part of a Netflix series that's following. She is. Yes. Following I'll watch that. Nick. Because Costine's the best. And I've seen another tennis girlfriend be interviewed, like shows behind the scenes of being interviewed as well with an American player. So obviously this is going to be a thing. I am so excited and like find it very compelling. I'm not. Yeah, but that's because we know her. No, no, no. But I, I mean, I would watch the show anyway. Oh, see, you know, I, I would I absolutely only, watch the I show. I only want to watch the show because I love Costine. Yeah, okay. But <laughs> I want, I like, I love Costine as well. But I want to watch this show because I think it's so interesting and it's like a part of a world that I don't know anything about. So I will watch that. But I would watch it because I also find it fascinating. And I think also from any kind of wag that I know or know, or know the story of the sacrifice that they make and the way that their whole life then is dependent on what their partner does. Um, you know, they could pack up and move around the world. Like, you know, we see Costine traveling all over the world at the moment. She's, she's currently in Germany. Yes. And like, she's had to completely change her life. Um, and I think that's so interesting. That's what I'm really excited for that one. And that I would absolutely watch this, but what do you think about the term? I think if it was just an acronym, I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. But I know that Everyone that I know in society that we live in mm. uses it as, as a derogatory. A, yes, yes, hundred yep. percent. Mm. And like, so on the weekend, mm. being friends with Nico, mm. people called me wag for being friends, like mucking around. Yeah, being like, oh, you want to be a wag, and I'm like, no, that's my friend. 
And I got really offended because I don't like the term. Mm. So just in that sense, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's nice. Yeah. It's not nice to be called that. But I think that it's purely because of where, what is underneath it. I've found it most uncomfortable when I've seen and oh, people call themselves wags. No, no, no. Talk about that. That's what they want to be. Oh, yes. Yes. Pursue it as Lots a career. In the same way people. that I find problems with young girls who want to be influencers yes. as a career. Yes. I'm like, this is not how it works. I want to be a wag. You you end up in a position where you've created something that ends, you know, that becomes your career. You've ended up in a position where you've fallen in love with someone who happens to have that as a career. You don't pursue that. Like that's that. And I think for me. me well, probably for both of us, we're very independent people and I'm really stubborn. So I find it hard and like I'm not in that position, but I would find it hard to be someone to be like, wag, 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 wag. So I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm me and I have yeah. my own career and my own name and my own story. You're so-and-so's girlfriend or you're so-and-so's yes. wife. Yes, no, that's And not- I think our mum would reiterate that. Exactly, yes. Because oh, she's mum hates Silver's it. wife for yeah, and hates, years. hates it, but – to answer your question, yeah, I think it's pretty offensive. Yes. But that's purely – like if you – yeah, if it came from a space where we only use it as an acronym, like – but even then, it would just be the weird. Point? Yeah. And where is boyfriends and husbands? Yeah. Where's, where's that? Yeah. Where are the bars? The bars. Bars. Oh, yeah. Boyfriends or and husbands. Habs. 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 Habs works better. Yeah. Well, wives and girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, husbands Habs. and boyfriends. Yeah. Habs. Habs. If we start using Habs for the NRLW girls and the AFLW girls and the – No, um, they just call them wags too. Do you okay. not know that? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard heaps of people, like, they're, like, called their boyfriends wags when they go to the games. I'm being a See, wag See, if today. I was a professional athlete, I would want to call my boyfriend a wag. Yeah, okay, but now because it's the change of gender. And then you're, like, you're like, owning you're taking it. You the feel you take the, but you take the power back. That's what you're doing. You're taking the power back. Yeah, but I think it's probably different direction at a girl. But I think yeah, because it's, it's mean to a girl. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, and because so many young girls are pursuing it. And yeah. all over the tic- on my TikTok – it's just like, that's what, what do you want to be when you're older? A wag. That I want to find a f- footy boyfriend. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. I think my take on the whole wag situation is obviously it runs a lot deeper than this, but I do think that a lot of it comes back to the title and how reductive that can be. And I think that a lot of people, both, you know, quote unquote wags and people in the sporting world look at it in two really different ways. And I would assume that the majority is that it's a negative connotation that it's you know reducing them to simply being the partner of an athlete rather than their own person I personally have spent a lot of time around quote-unquote wags in my life and some of the most amazing businesswomen and mothers and teachers and incredible women that I know are partnered with athletes and I like to think that comes down to two driven personalities finding each other but there is the other take that it's just a title like an athlete or like a nurse or like any other thing it's just referencing a group of people I think maybe two or three years ago now the shameless podcast girls interviewed Emma Hawkins who is the wife of gun Geelong footballer Tom Hawkins um, and she has been quite vocal in her WAG career as not being offended by the title and as acknowledging the platform that Tom has given her, but really it's more what she's done with that that she feels counts. I'd highly recommend going and listening to it. Um, But, yeah, she just talks about sort of taking ownership back of that title and not seeing it as a negative thing. But I think as a society and especially when it comes to sport, we are moving away from it becoming such a masculine boys' club workplaces all over the world not just 
um, sport alone and becoming more inclusive with family and friends and sexuality and gender and all of these things. So I think naturally in working towards a more inclusive, more gender inclusive and less masculine boys clubby type thing, we will move away from the term wag. But yeah, I think it is interesting that so much opinion spread across such a massive number of years like this is not some this is not the first time this has been spoken about there's tv shows loads of reality tv shows in the states that follow the lives of wags so i think that yeah it won't be well it's not the first and it won't be the last time we have this conversation um in the public eye for sure the the main crux of this that i wanted to talk about so this whole conversation comes up and it also refers to something that is about, like there are about to be results out of a court case, right? An actual court case in the High Court of England because of a scandal which has come to be known as Wagatha Christie. Have you heard? Wagwa what? Wagatha Christie. No. So it's a reference, first of all, to very, very famous historical crime writer Agatha Christie. Yeah. I mean, character. Yeah. In a book. Yes, detective. Agatha Christie, oh, yeah. detective. Oh, was she the writer? Oh, my God, I should so know this from, like, extension anyway, English in year 11. Keep anyway, going. that's what the pun is. This is what's happened here. Oh, okay, God. incredible, truly incredible stuff. Back in October 2019, Colleen Rooney, wife of Wayne the one Rooney. and only Wayne Rooney, yeah. accused a fellow soccer spouse, Rebe- Rebecca Vardy, of leaking her personal information to a British tabloid she made this sensational allegation after apparently ensnaring Vardy in an Instagram sting operation worthy of the FBI so this is what she did right she had suspected that someone was leaking stuff to the press so what she did is what a lot of information to see if she on a close friend story and only had her on the close friend oh story. Oh my god! And it ended up in the. But she whittled it down. She had a few people she was worried about, so she would do like one story to one person, blah blah blah, blah and found out it was this Rebecca Vardy girl. Oh my Incredible! Gosh. Like this is what I want the documentary to be. Yeah, about. like see, this is unbelievable. And like, I'm not going to drop any names. I have plenty of friends who do stuff like that. Exactly, and then That's at this hilarious. level where it ends up in the news, it's everywhere. It was yeah. massive in yeah. England, but. Most ridiculously, this defamation trial, like she's now like, so the wound, the Wooney, <laughs> the Rooney wife has now taken the Vardy woman to court for defamation and it's gone on and on and on. And they're like, the court case is finally finished now, like in real time on the 20th of oh May. Oh my gosh. And they're still waiting for the results of the defamation case. It's expected that they've paid, they've spent around four million pounds on this case oh, that's and taking it to the high court. Like this is not high court stuff. It's no, ridiculous. As if you could be bothered really. Oh my God. So, so ridiculous. And like, it's funny. Like it's a funny story, right? And it sounds so absurd, but I think like being a little bit more serious, having the focus on this particular part of, of women and, and I guess the, the culture of women around sport is really dangerous. Like we can take, have a bit of a laugh or whatever, but what this points to in my perspective is like you have a few options of, of how women are addressed in this space, particularly with such a, a you know massive game as football in the UK. A, they're the ones who like are, are being shown as having their complete lives and everything controlled by their partner and them being celebrated for kind of just doing whatever their partner needs, which I guess is what's being suggested by the docker that's being proposed. 
B, having them pit against each other like this Vardy and Rooney thing. Mm. Or the third option, and I think that this is probably where you'd actually like to see things go, is instead of having this documentary team come up and go, oh, we'll follow the wives and girlfriends, why aren't you following the English team on their way to the World Cup? That's in 2023. Yeah. Like that's the biggest focus, surely. Yeah. I mean, that's the most exciting thing is it's going to be in Australia for us, right? Yeah. But I, I just – why is that the interesting bit? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because it's a reality TV show and people yes. love that shit. And it's sensational. <sighs> but at the, like, I just like feel like – I know you, you love it, but on the backhand, sometimes the way they depict it is just like this drama. It's not real. You don't think this documentary is going to be real? No, like there's things that are fabricated or of exaggerated. Course, but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. people just – that's why the WAGs term stays yeah. because this they're going to release documentaries like this where it looks like women just give up their lives and they're like, yeah, I'm a WAG and I'm rich and that's the end of my life. And then they, I think they get painted as like really privileged and out of touch. But then you think of a story like that of Phoebe Burgess's, which we covered quite extensively, when she came out and spoke about her experience last year. And you kind of go, that's that's really the reality of it too, when they're kind of put too much on a pedestal and the women are forgotten about as anything other than Instagram-sponsored posts. Well, I wonder if um, maybe that's not going to be their focus. Maybe their focus will be what do you actually do every day to life? Yeah, and the sacrifice. And then and that the, would be them as, more interesting. Yeah. Well, if that's what happens, that's what I'd like to see. <laughs> no, you love the drama. A little bit of drama. <laughs> Just a little bit. A little spicy bit. You don't need any drama, mate. You know what was a really, I think, did a, a pretty decent job of um, covering the women's stories was the Making Their Mark doco series that they did in the COVID bubble with the AFL here. Yeah. The way they did it, like Eddie Betts' wife and this, like I just rem- – yeah, it was really good. I think that was a good example of something like that. you the real MVP. Now it's time for a segment that we call MVPs where each week we award someone or something our own personal MVP title for something that they've done that's made us really happy. And I'm going to start because I'm bloody stoked because the Bulldogs, they bloody found what they something. needed to find. Something. Give and me they something. Won, and they won convincingly and it was beautiful and Josh Adokar was phenomenal. And Matt Burton was great. Oh, my God. It so was, good. There was a bit of push and shove. I Bring loved back the it. Beef. Yes. You know what I was talking about briefly? Just to interrupt you. Um, that there wasn't enough beef in Origin. No, there wasn't. That was because very it, yeah, there wasn't a lot of Eno from the New South Wales team. Correct. Um, so I'm really glad to see that. In game I'm really glad. Yeah, no, I do. But I'm also really glad the Bulldogs brought it. Yes, We've got some beef in our week. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's part of. Is that part of Adokar's campaign to get in the blue squad? Maybe. Far I mean, up. I feel like he pleaded a good case. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So the Bulldogs, if you missed it, first of all, can go and look at that Jake Avarillo intercept try for starters. Go and do it. Beautiful. And they won 34 to, to 36 to 4 or 34 to 6. Something like that. Yeah. We won by a lot. Very impressive. I, it, I, it is blurry for me because I thought I was hallucinating. Very happy. Keely Silver, who's your MVP? Oh my gosh. I just thought of my start of the week MVP. I just remembered. Oh my goodness. Okay. I've got two. Two quick ones. First one is from the Soccer Roos story this morning. Tony Armstrong is um, an ABC breakfast TV reporter. And he was in Federation Square when we won. Um, and you just need to go on the Instagram or go on any sports Instagram. It's going viral. It's amazing. And so true Blue Aussie of what how we react to things like this. I love it. It's great. It's great. Um, the second one is actually so cute. Uh, so I was lucky enough to be at the Origin game last week. And anyway, we were sitting next to... Jack Whiten's family friends and family and his little daughter is very, very cute. 
And his family friend who was sitting next to me was yelling, just hold the bloody ball. I think she's about four. And she mocked everything he said. And she's like, yeah, hold the bloody ball. The whole game. And it was hilarious. And they crack up. Yeah, MVP behavior. Georgia Moore, over to you in London town with your MVP. My MVP this week is the Big Freeze 2022. We spoke about this event in quite a lot of detail in an episode last year. If you don't know, it is the AFL's Freeze MND initiative round. Loads of celebrities, ex-athletes, the likes of, you know, Hamish and Andy, our girl Ash Barty this year was involved um, wear really outrageous costumes and slide into a freezing bucket of water at the MCG before the game. It is, of course, all in support of Neil Danaher, a legend of the game who is, you know, slowly losing his battle. Well, I shouldn't say that, but who has been battling MND for a long time. Um, They raise unbelievable funds. They do an incredible job in getting the city of Melbourne behind them every year. If you're looking for a beanie, I recommend buying that one. Um, If you haven't seen footage of it, go and have a look. It's incredible and absolute MVP behaviour per usual from the Big Freeze team. And finally, we come to our final segment, which is our ones to watch. It's the thing you should be putting your eyes on, wrapping your ears around, whatever it is that you need to do with your senses to get involved in this thing that we are recommending. Keely Silva, what is your one to watch? My one to watch is um, (laughs) for the first time in Chicks and Balls history, I think I'm actually bringing up myself in one of these segments. Um, My one to watch is my – time on holidays because um, it's going to be really fun. I'm doing lots of crazy things. Um, so just keep an eye out on the socials and I might pop one or two fun stuff on the chicks Instagram. I am going to a WNBA game in New York next week. So um, yeah, just keep an eye out. Marley's getting really cut and jealous right now while I talk about it, but that's my one to watch. I also have to second G Moore's one to watch because it is amazing. Uh, hopefully you're also going to be seeing G Moore and Keely Silver together in the flesh. Yes. Yes. And we will be posting that on social media. So keep an eye out. We will be reuniting. My one to watch is back home here in Australia. We are at semi-final time for Super Netball. Um, it was. It's ended up quite an interesting top four. The Swifts have missed out after winning the premiership last year, which is really interesting. And Collingwood is there. I think this is the first time they're in the top four in the finals. Um, saw quite a few emotional reactions because they had to. They were relying on, on some like real final points in their game to figure out whether they were going to make these finals. So this weekend, um, the major semi is the Vixens and West Coast Fever and the minor semi, which I will be at the game of, is the Giants and Collingwood on Sunday. Obviously, we are backing the Giants all the way. Go the Giants. We're going to see some pretty good netting on the weekend. So keep your eyes on and around that. And Georgia Moore, your one to watch. My one to watch this week is dear friend and dear friend of the show and dear friend of having beers together, (laughs) Paddy Carrigan. Um, If you are a Broncos fan, if you're a Queensland fan, if you're a rugby league fan, I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen this already. Um, But the Benji Marshall show, I think it's called Benji, on Fox um, 
did a segment with Paddy Carrigan mic'd up and you know we love a mic'd up segment on Chicks and Balls but this was a little bit different because it wasn't really funny it was more just sort of highlighting what a workhorse he is and what a leader he is on the field it's five minutes of footage that's floating around Instagram it's floating around the Fox channels um, of Paddy mic'd up in his game over the weekend and yeah I like I've known Paddy for quite a number of years now and you girls have obviously got to know him very well over the past couple of years as well he's an absolute legend off the field and we all know that he was the kind of kid that all through school everyone knew he was such a good leader and I just thought this was even for people who do know him such an amazing insight into why players love to play with him and why he has been picked as such a young captain in that side um speaking to my mum about it actually and she just talked about how impressive it it is to see him come out the other side of such a tough year being thrown into the captaincy with the Broncos when they were really struggling but yeah I'm rambling about an Instagram video essentially but it's incredible and we love Patty and we love the work he does and we love seeing the Broncos doing so well so go and have a suss at that if you are young and into any type of sport not just rugby league I recommend you go and watch the way that he communicates with his teammates um, and keeps them up and about. It was really impressive. Love you, Patty. That brings us to the end of this episode of Chicks and Balls, the podcast. Goodbye for a few weeks to Keely Silver's voice. Uh, See you later, guys. I'm surely we can figure out a way for you and G to do a little bit of something when you're together. Yeah, there's got to be a little something, something. I'll be around. Feel free to still send some feedback if you need it. And we will be having, yes, yeah, some guest host come in. Uh, the format might look a little bit different when Keely and Georgia are gallivanting about. Um, but we'll still be here. Well, I'll still be here. I'll still be talking about all the things that include balls. Thanks for hanging out. If you are listening, well, wherever you're listening, give us a five-star rating, subscribe, do all the things, you know, to show that you really love and care about us. Just be nice. That hey. would be awesome. You can follow us on Instagram at Chick- Chicks and Balls Pod on TikTok at Chicks and Balls Pod and on Twitter at Chicks and Balls No Pod. Other than that, I'll catch you next time. See you in a couple couplers, mates. Bye. See you.